Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined, as always, by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Greg. Good morning. Morning. It is. It's a it's a busy one, right? Like we, we, we've got a, a lot going on um, in the world of Nebraska recruiting. Uh, even if it wasn't leading up to the early signing period, it still feels like everything is, is exploding right now for Nebraska football. Like I, I've made jokes with people kind of nationally that, you know, who would have ever thought that Nebraska would be one stealing headlines right now? And like if you made a list of like the biggest like teams to watch right now leading into the early signing period, you have to include Nebraska um, right there along like Alabama and Miami who are also doing crazy things um, even though Nick Saban always does Nick Saban things at this time we just expect it um, but yeah there's a lot happening obviously that the man of the hour the week the month Dylan Rayola we will get to that but first up what do you got man yeah it's been a crazy week I think if you looked back or if you looked at what was going to happen from last Monday to this time today <laughs> as of 8.26 on Monday morning, uh, a lot has transpired, and I think we still got a lot of news left to go, but obviously Dylan Riola news has been causing headlines and making waves in Nebraska's recruiting world, but uh, one of the topics that kind of got glossed over was Xander <laughs> Ruggeroli's commitment, so we'll start there before we kind of build up to what's going on with Dylan Riola. Uh, poor Xander committed on Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> and I think it kind of got glossed over because of everything else that's going on, but did want to touch on that commitment real quickly. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, my very first thought was what you said, it, that he unfortunately committed in a time that it, it just got swept up in a tidal wave, and it's it's really difficult, and I feel like there's a couple other, like, honestly, I did was it this week that Jackson Lee decommitted from the team as decommitted from the class Probably. as well? That that totally got swept away um, as well. So like, yeah, it's just unfortunate timing, but in a way it kind of stinks for Xander because I think that's a really good pickup for Nebraska. Number, It would have been a good scholarship pickup for Nebraska, but to get him on a walk-on deal, at least initially. Um, and I think that eventually once, you know, another tackle spot opens up, uh, he'll get, a, he'll be on scholarship down the road. Um, but to get him out of Bishop, Gorman, a guy that had um, other Power Five offers, to get him on, an, on a scholar, on a walk-on deal, I think is a really big deal because he's a good player, but also you start to build that pipeline once again to Bishop Gorman, right? Now you've got kind of a person um, on the team that got, you can point to guys and they always have talent. They are loaded up. They've got maybe the number one offensive lineman in the country um, for 2025 and Douglas Utu on that team. Um, in, he's already visited Nebraska once. You can continue to build that relationship. But I think that Nebraska landing um, Xander was a really good pickup. And I think he'll be somebody to watch for the the future um, for development uh, for Donovan Rayola in the offensive line. Yeah, and that, that puts the O-line at six commitments. So they're, they're building some depth. And um, I don't know. I think everyone thinks, oh, there's five people on the offensive line. You take five and that's your class. <laughs> but I think Matt Rule did say at one point that uh, if there's a good lineman, you take him. So I think yeah. that's, that's a reflection of that. Well, Glad we got to give Xander his moment of glory because that is all he gets for the show today because <laughs> everything else is going to be centered around Dylan Riola. So as of last Monday, um, there was a moment in time where everybody believed, or not, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people believed that Nebraska 
could be in a situation to have both Kyle McCord and Dylan Riola in their recruiting cycle. As of today, Dylan Riola has not committed or officially flipped to Nebraska, and mm-hmm. Kyle McCord has committed to Syracuse. So uh, what happened, what transpired with Kyle McCord's situation to get him to where we are now? Yeah, this is it's the, <laughs> you were about getting swept up in everything. I can't imagine what it was like. So, you know, it, it, it's funny. It feels like this happened a month ago when I was on the flight with Kyle McCord. So I'm coming back from Chicago, visiting my family and we're boarding the plane. And I see like a, a big guy and he's got a backpack on. He kind of looks like an athlete, but he's got like a tag on there that says Kyle McCord. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's Kyle McCord and his family. I see the dad. I see mom. They're sitting a couple rows behind me. So, you know, when we land, I go ahead and say, hey, I can I can put out uh, that Kyle McCord has made it to Nebraska. He's sitting a couple rows behind me. And then to go from that to then they get in the limo, they drive on to Nebraska. And then maybe three hours later, we get the news starting to trickle out that Nebraska and Dylan Rayola are back in kind of cahoots. They're back talking again, right? So to have been a fly on the wall when the McCord family was here in Lincoln, maybe meeting with Matt Rule, maybe meeting with academic support, whoever, and this news starts to come out, had to have been incredible, right? So I wonder if when that came out as they're here on the visit, like what kind of feelings did that cause for them? Did that kind of shift things on the visit, on the fly for the McCord family and what they were kind of thinking because now it's not necessarily you know a slam dunk that we're going to come in and play right away because we're going to have to either compete with a five-star legacy freshman or he's going to potentially beat you out um, and be able to start you know every year that he's here so that's just a it's an interesting situation so that to me naturally and this is what happened makes the McCords pause a little bit and say okay maybe this isn't just our only visit and we're going to do some other stuff Um, and I think that they had some really honest conversations with Matt Rule about where kind of the process was um, and what they with their pursuit of Dylan Rayola the same way that Matt Rule and the staff had honest conversations with Daniel Kalen and what was going on there. They had a lot to juggle with that quarterback situation. Um, And then it ends up with Kyle McCord leaving without committing to Nebraska and then ended up taking a visit this past weekend to Syracuse and committing to them. Like it, that was a really, it's a high wire act that Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield and those guys had to pull off. And I don't envy the conversations that had to have happened as that unfolded in real time in front of everybody. Yeah, and then um, another guy that, came on I don't know if they came at the same time I'm assuming you didn't see him on the airplane because you didn't tweet about <laughs> it but Julian Fleming yeah. came the very next day and he did people assumed that a big part of that is Kyle McCord Kyle McCord's obviously now off to Syracuse so where are things with Julian Fleming in Nebraska are they still in the picture and um what are what are the chances of that still happening yeah, it's been an interesting ride um, with Fleming because I feel like that, you know, it, that one has been, it's gone under the radar, but it is a real, that would be a really important pickup for Nebraska. Nebraska needs a true number one wide receiver. And that is what I'm told that Julian Fleming is looking for to be the number one guy. And they need another veteran guy to help those now what what are going to be sophomore trio of wide receivers um, kind of continue to move along. Plus, um, you know, a guy like Jeremiah Bell from Tennessee after he redshirted, right? And so Fleming would be a huge deal to get for Nebraska. He did come the next day um, and start his visit. They like the visit from what I'm told, 
I think it's it's between Nebraska and Penn State um, for him. And Penn State was kind of the runner-up in his initial recruitment when he was a five-star coming out of Pennsylvania. Um, it'll be I have been told though that him and McCord were not necessarily a package deal. So like McCord not coming to Lincoln does not mean it's dead in the water with Fleming. It's just going to be that's going to be a battle with Penn State, but Penn State is also looking at a couple other wide receivers. And if it really is important for Fleming to be the number one guy, that gives you a leg up if you're in Nebraska. Um, so I still think that Nebraska is battling Penn State in that one. Um, and we'll just kind of see kind of how that ends up falling out. Maybe that's a situation that if, you know, if 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 you get Dylan Rayola, he gets on the phone with Julian Fleming and says, hey, you, you can be my veteran guy um, to help, you know, ease me in. That could be something that will be appealing to him as well. If things fall through with Julian Fleming and, and they're still looking, do you think that they'll, no matter what, they're looking to take one portal wide receiver? I think so. Yeah, I, I think that you could. The good thing is that you can quickly pivot in that scenario because you still would have some time before winter conditioning starts, which I believe is January 12th. Um, and you, there is a, a little bit of visit time in there for portal guys. And so you could still bring a guy in that's going to enroll mid-year. Um, so, yeah, th I think that they would pivot on that. Um, and I, I still think that that's a real that should be a real priority for them being able to land a veteran wide receiver. I like what they're what they got with those young guys. And I think that there is some real potential there, but I, I would still love to see another vet in that room um, to lead that group this year. Very well. Well, on to the weekend. The weekend came and <laughs> it came with more surprises than just Dylan Riola yeah. coming on campus. There was, um, I guess, a pair of defensive flip targets, maybe perhaps more um, Nebraska hosted. So who are the guys that, accompanied Dylan on this weekend and what's the standing with those guys? Yeah, I think the, the you start off first and foremost with uh, top 100 player linebacker out of California, out of Poly, uh, Dylan Williams, who is currently committed to Oregon. Um, it's it's interesting with that one is that, you know, it feels like it's an out of nowhere visit. And it kind of is because anytime you have a late um, visit who had a guy who's committed to a good defensive school and a program that's rolling right now with Dan Lanning, um, it does get your, your eyebrows raised. But remember that Dylan Williams actually came out previously for a visit. I believe it was the spring game he was here for. So he is familiar with Nebraska and Tony White, who does the California recruiting, has been really high on him. You get Tony White uh, to re-up and come back. You see that defense and what it looks like. Um, I think Nebraska, from what I told, I'm told, Nebraska put themselves in a really good position to pull that flip with Dylan Williams, and it will be a really big one. Like the, the uh, as all things right now, the Dylan Rayola situation kind of overshadows everything. But we would look back on Dylan Williams flipping if he did, and be like, that was a huge deal for Nebraska's future and their defense. Um, then Shavers, um, another flip target, another four-star linebacker from down in Miami um, last week. It, is, it was kind of a weird situation. He's committed to Miami. Word start to, started to get out that that he was going to decommit from Miami, but he never made a public declaration that he was decommitting from Miami. And so he had, like now we all know that he has, and so it, it's reflected on his rival's profile and all of that. And then he quickly sets up a visit to Nebraska for an official visit um, and kind of talking to people close to that recruitment. I And I, I've put in a future cast for Vince Shavers to end up at Nebraska. I think Nebraska will pull off that flip. Um, I think they went and saw him during the kind of the contact 
comeback period here recently. Um, they did a nice job of keeping that under the radar. Um, and so I think the Nebraska's well positioned there. And then the the third defender that was on campus that totally went under the radar, Bly Hill, um, a transfer um defensive back, 6'3. The weight has varied 160 to 190. I've seen it all over the place. You just never know. I'm gonna call it 175. Uh, he was on campus and he's more of a true cornerback uh, prospect, I think. Um, and I think that that's something that Nebraska definitely needs um, in this recruiting cycle, specifically from a transfer that could maybe come in and give you some depth. Um, and I think Nebraska's in a good position there. So they had a, a good final weekend and I'll, I will not rule out. I'm not saying anyone was there that we don't know about, but I would not rule out them having any surprises up their sleeves because they've done such a good job of keeping this stuff off the radar. Yeah, and then as you mentioned earlier in the show, there was a couple, one or maybe more, I can't remember. It's been so, so much that's gone on this past week. A couple of defensive guys that have decommitted, including Jackson Lee. You get the sense that they're trying to make room for a couple of these guys that are possible late flips to the class. Yeah, I, well, yes and no. I think they have to, yes, they do have to do that, but they also have to just make room in general, right? Part of the thing that I think that no one's really talking about is, is it, remember going back to, you know, when um, Isaac Gifford made his announcement and Bryce Benhard and Ben Scott is coming back with all these guys wanting to come back. You got to make room for that too, right? And so there's a there's a balancing act. And even then, Nebraska is still going to be way over scholarships once we get through the early signing period. And there's going to have to be some some real tough conversations of guys I think that wanted to stay in Lincoln that are going to maybe be told that, hey, we just don't see a path to playing time for you here. We'll do what we can do to help you out. Um, but it's just not going to happen here for you. I think there's going to have to be several of those conversations, especially if things continue to break in a positive way to finish this class. Um, and you start to get some renewed interest from guys and you get some transfer guys that want to get in like there. Yeah, there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations. All right. We've made it to the last bit of news, <laughs> which is really really had a mention in everything we've talked about thus far mm -hmm. Dylan Riola the latest on that the latest on Nebraska's quarterback situation the ups and downs the portal <laughs> conversations are they going to lose their uh pre their already committed Daniel Kalen for 2024 is mm -hmm. Riola going to take his spot or what what's the situation with Dylan Riola as a Monday morning as of Monday morning, right now, I'm trying to see what time it is, 8.39, Monday morning. Um, the latest is, is that all, all indication is that Nebraska is going to pull this flip off from Georgia and pull, I would say, one of the biggest upsets it's like that I can remember in recent history, one of the biggest flips that I can remember. This is this would be on the level of Travis Hunter flipping from Florida State to Colorado. Um, it's that sort of a big deal, like just for Nebraska and nationally. It's it's a it's a huge story. And I, and I still think that as of this morning, that that is the way it's going to go, um, that Nebraska is going to pull this off. Now, with that being said, there are all sorts of things that come up after off of that, right? Like what happens with Daniel Kalen? I, I think that Daniel Kalen now sticks in Nebraska's class. And I think that part of that is, is that now Nebraska in this scenario would be taking one additional quarterback instead of two. So instead, if Kyle McCord was also coming, 
Eh, I think that we might be talking about a different story and Daniel Kalen will be looking elsewhere. But the problem also for Daniel Kalen was that the team he was looking at, Michigan State, that he was going to take a visit to, if you noticed, Aiden Childs, um, the Oregon State quarterback who was just a true freshman this year, transferred to Michigan State. He's going to start. Um, there, no, no one on that roster or that will come to that roster is going to replace him because he's a starter for the next at least two years. Then they got another um, quarterback out of Illinois, um, Alessio Milovic, um, who just committed yesterday, and I think they're going to take maybe one more high school quarterback, uh, potentially Tyler Cherry out of Indianapolis, a four-star. So they're full, basically, at, at a quarterback. So it was, a, I think, a better situation for Kalen to stay put with Nebraska and kind of fight it out and see what happens, right? Um, it, that also brings up the question, though, of what happens with the other quarterbacks on campus, because there are still, you know, Chubba Purdy and Hyrick Harburg situations to deal with. I could see one of those two more likely Chuba being the one that gets in the portal of, of that group. And then we see what happens kind of with Heinrich, whether or not he's kind of a third guy or he's kind of a third hybrid guy where he kind of goes back to the role he started off the season with. Cause it feels like 10 years ago when we saw him catch a pass against Minnesota, right. Based on all the stuff that happened this year. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, but I will also say this and I should say it because I'm always, I feel like I'm always reminding people, when it comes to Dylan Rayola, all of the hype and hysteria around this recruitment has overshadowed just how good of a football player he is. I think that we talk so much about the recruitment and can Nebraska pull it off that we don't talk about how good he is. And people will naturally say, well, dang, Greg, is he actually worth all of this talk? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. He is an excellent quarterback prospect. Um, and I remember I posted on our um, insiders board, his um, senior film that he put out just a little bit ago. And if you watch that, there are throws that he makes on that film that you haven't seen a Nebraska quarterback make in a long time. Like his arm strength is outstanding. Um, he makes off platform throws routinely. Like he's a great quarterback prospect because that will also dovetail into the next conversation, you know, if, and when he does announce can he play as a true freshman? And I think the answer is yes on that one as well. Yeah, a lot of people were expecting a commitment by Sunday. And yeah. as a Monday, no commitment yet. Um, personally, for me, I wasn't surprised because I think people tend to forget that usually how it works in recruitments. I know this is a unique one because he's been on campus multiple times and there's not a mm -hmm. whole lot more for him to see. But typically they do their visit, then they go home and they have time to sit down, take it all in, talk mm -hmm. as a family and then make a decision. But a lot of people were hoping for some news yesterday when he was on campus. Um, there are people thinking that uh, the longer this plays out, the worse it could worse it could get for Nebraska. It to me, it doesn't feel like Nebraska's behind or um, things are not shaping out like people had hoped what is your read on the timeline yeah i don't i i would totally agree and i would i would caution people or i guess phrase it this way a like just because there isn't a public announcement doesn't mean there hasn't been a private commitment and i think that that happens all the time like and i mean all the time like i, I forget 
which there was, and I know they wouldn't say anyway, but there was a commit this year that happened that like I was told about it. And then, and he, the kid told me and told me that he told the staff and it was like two weeks later that he announced it. Like it, like that stuff happens all the time. And I don't think that people quite understand how often that it happens, but it does happen quite a bit. And I do think that, you know, the whole scenario of wanting to go home, think about it, you know, also if you want to talk to, in this case, you know, Kirby Smart and his staff, um, which I don't know. That's a, that's that's a whole different discussion of um, how awkward that would be. And if if, if you're Kirby Smart, do you even want to do that on a Sunday? The day, right as the dead period is about to hit, and you could be doing something else to get somebody that is going to come to your team. I don't know. That's a whole awkward situation. Um, but yeah, there's a, a whole myriad of reasons why there could not yet publicly be an announcement um, for this. But I know that Nebraska fans, because it's such a big deal. Nebraska fans immediately go to, oh, no, does that mean that we're going to strike out? That does not necessarily mean that. As I say all the time on the board and on Twitter, patience is a virtue. Sometimes you just have to wait because we are on Dylan Rayola's timeline, not anyone else's and what they want him to do. Well, we have, what is it, three more days until the official early signing day mm-hmm. period transpires. Yeah. Is there anything I missed, Greg, that we need to hit on before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I think we pretty well covered it. There's, there's a lot going on right now. There's still a lot more to unfold. Um, it, like I said, it wouldn't like I think that there's going to be a lot of fireworks for Nebraska between now and when the early signing period closes. This this should be an exciting finish to the cycle. After we kind of thought it was just going to be ho hum, right? Like it feels like every time you think that is when the fireworks actually go off. So I think that Nebraska fans should rest assured that things will go well uh, coming up for signing day. Uh, but we will have full coverage of all of those. Things that could that may or may not happen. Um, so make sure that you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get our videos um, and reaction directly into your feed. Also, pop over to InsideNebraska.com. Um, if you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed to the website so you can get all of our premium content there. As we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of everything happening with early na- National Signing Day, including all things Dylan Rayola. Should that come to pass, um, it, it should be a fun time for Husker Nation, and we will catch you guys later.